it's march 9th welcome to a new episode of bazaar i'm your host sid and joining me today is mega sareen who is a new partner at bazaar so you know we are we are attracting new people at bazaar and mega is one of them so mega it's a pleasure to have you oh hi siddharth and i think it's great to be part of the team now yeah i'm happy to have you and it definitely helps to have more people on board because you know you can brainstorm with like minded people and deliver more quality so definitely looking for more inputs and more sessions with you and this week we are going to be talking about easy trip planners limited which is an online travel agent which makes most of its money booking airline tickets and the issue of this ipo had opened yesterday and it's already oversubscribed around 7.2 times and in the retail segment it's oversubscribed around 32 times so you know this just goes on to show the level of euphoria that's there in the markets right now and we we did a show on mtar technologies and that company on the final day was oversubscribed around 200 times so i think even this ipo is going to breach a uh, 100 times oversubscription and in the show we have, we'll talk about the business the competition of the company the financials and the valuations we'll also dive into the history of the company and the industry statistics so how do the growth of the industry look like what are the tailwinds or the headwinds that the industry faces but i want to take a look at the issue size here and also the objects that the company has from this issue so this is a complete off of a sale right yes absolutely how much money are the promoters offloading through this so i think to begin with the issue size is around 510 crores and it is a complete offer for sale mm. uh, the company has already raised 229 crores from 35 anchor investors which i think is impressive mm. and as per the prospectors the objective is to get the benefits of listing and <laughs> maybe just to enhance <laughs> i think they're just going with the flow uh, and to enhance the visibility because i don't think the brand has been very famous as such and to provide more liquidity to the shareholders i mean this is what they, the prospectors says they are being pretty honest isn't it i mean they want to get the benefit of listing that's that's really honest i mean i don't see a lot of companies yes, mentioning yes, that yes. on their prospectors and i think about the brand as well you mentioned i had never heard of this company before like same here i was surprised. i think my my list was limited to make my trip and yatra i have never heard of a third name i've heard of clear trip but yes. i did not know that you know there is a company called easy planners like i think on there have been only two three names which were very prominent yeah so definitely i mean the ipo does help the company to get in the limelight even if it's for a short while so that people like us can at least get to know about the company and i think you know looking at the issue size one way to look at it is that you know because it's not like they're not raising any money right so they don't need any money the, the business is operating so efficiently that you know they don't need any money but there's also other way of looking at it that you know they could have easily raised money from the market i mean if they wanted to they could have raised fresh money from the market at a very like at a terrific valuation and i feel that they have left money on the table by not you know raising a fresh issue because they could have used that money to you know expand into new verticals and really speed up their growth because 
I think right now they're just focused on the airline segment, right? They're not very heavily invested in the hotel segment or the like bus railways, the other segments that are out there. So they could have raised that money and they could have used it to expand, but it's a bit conservative, I would say. Yes, I think I'm, I was just uh, about to say that the business on face of it looks very conservative. And it started in 2008. And since then, uh, they have the, there is no investor cash investors as such. And that is very impressive to me that company has grown completely uh, based on the operational efficiencies. And they have not just grown uh, burning investors cash. That is a big thing for me, at least. Going about that, that they could have raised fresh capital, I think this was a good time for the yeah. promoters to actually take some advantage out of it. That's one thing that did strike me because when we will dive deeper into the company, we will realize that, you know, they need to expand, like they need to grow into other segments. If this, yes, I think 90% of their revenues from airlines. So yeah. very much concentrated on airline industry, you know, that makes them very much dependent on the airlines. So yes, some diversification is needed. The model is very, the business is quite scalable. They could have taken the advantage, but I think that is very business specific. That depends on the promoters, what they wanted to do with yeah. the business. I mean, they know better than us. <laughs> we, yes. <laughs> we are talking just after three or four days of research. So obviously. Yes, I think it is easier said than done. Yeah. So we will cover a lot of that in the later stages of the show. But, you know, I, I want to talk a bit about the history of the company and you know also about the promoters so the company has three promoters and the two promoters who have majority of the shareholding together they own 100% of the company like there's no other person no institutional investors yes. no venture capital only two promoters who have 100% shareholding and, and that is very impressive i i must say that looking at the numbers yeah. and looking at how much the company has grown that is that is good that says a lot about the business yeah so what is something that struck to you when you were researching about the history of the company like tell me something a brief about the history of the company so yes i think uh, just to give a brief history about the company to our audience so the company uh, started in 2008 and they started with a b2b2c uh, distribution channel and it's a very asset light model so they have less employees and basically more concentrated on having a lot of travel agents. Mm. So they cater to domestic travel and international travel. In 2011, the company entered to the B2C segment by focusing on the growing travel requirements. And in the following year, they introduced international bookings. And by 2013, the company forwarded into B2E segment to provide travel solution to corporates. And, and I think in that year only they introduced hotel bookings and holiday packages, which is still a very minute part of their entire revenue. Yeah. I think around four to 5%. It has been seven years since they introduced the segment, but I don't think they're doing that well, or maybe they are not putting uh, enough resources to it. The hotel segment, so right? Yes, the hotel and the holiday packages. And then talking about the market image, I think it's ranked second in terms of the booking value, which is quite surprising. And third in terms of the gross booking revenue in the country. Uh, the company offers a wide range of travel-related products and services. And it has around 4.6% market share, which is good. Uh, the industry is very competitive. There are a lot mm. many players, so 4.6 yeah. is good. And 
the very important thing is that it has been profitable since the year first and it is the only profitable company among its peers yeah that is impressive i mean we love a company which yes. can make a profit isn't it yes absolutely yeah so i want to take a step back here and i want to cover those segments like b2 b2c b2c and b2e what exactly do they mean like if i'm correct b2 b2c is basically operating through agents so you yes, hire yes. agents who then get the customers yes. and b2c is directly you you remove the agent from the picture and b2c is basically directly to the customer yes directly to the customer and b2e is your corporate segment to the enterprise yes yeah. all right so i think majority of their sales comes from the b2c segment right yes and i think that is the segment generally which provides the most of the revenue all right and one point that you mentioned here was that they have forayed into the hotel bookings business in 2013 but they've not really made an impact in that segment i mean yes it's been 7 years now and just 4% of their revenue i think that's the number i think that is one area they can really focus on or maybe they they believe in specializing need to put yeah. it in an easy way <laughs> i <laughs> i do believe that it's a big risk like we'll talk about that in detail obviously but maybe I, I, they just want to be master of one and not jack of all so maybe the pros and cons of it are there i mean because they are so specialized they are making a profit but then you never know like 5 years down the line of the airline market doesn't catch on because due to covid as i think airline is an industry which is badly affected this is also something i want to talk about like on the ipo episode we like to talk about the growth of the industry that a company operates in so online travel market is one of the worst hit markets and it's going to be a while before they bounce back like from this low it's going to be a while so this this industry is expected to contract by 2 to 3% so it's not going to grow it's going to actually reduce in size and for the next 2 to 3 years at least it's it's going to shrink in size so if the industry is shrinking like how are the companies in the segment going to grow in the future like it's it's never a good thing that you know the the industry is shrinking so i just wanted to get your take on it like what do you think of this industry the online travel market and how how do things look moving forward to you i think also that for easy trip planners if we just if we're talking about them and focusing on the industry from their viewpoint i think we just we should focus on the airline sector per se because the ota comprises lots of things but their main revenue source is uh, airline tickets so mm. for the airline segment i would say it would take at least 2 years to recover it is off the rails and airlines has always been a troubled sector they were never doing very great but then it is so so substantial and crucial to the economy that they are going to stay in business they never going out of business it is it is a very crucial sector for the country so yes they are going to i think it will take around 2 2 and a half years to recover from the covid impact that is directly related to how is my trip would perform and i i you were also talking to me something about uh, how india is expected to be like one of the fastest growing destinations for leisure travel and there is also something called a national civil aviation policy that was launched in 2016 so tell us something about that as well like what's that yes, about uh, yes i think that's what the government is proposing right now uh, india is expected to be one of the 10 fastest growing destinations for leisure traveling 
and the government has introduced a national civil aviation policy in 2016 uh, whereby the government is proposing to take flying to the masses by making it more affordable and convenient I, and i think we are experiencing it it has been mm. four years and yeah. we are genuinely experiencing it flying these days is way more easier than it used to be but you do have to see like even from a short term perspective i think this industry is in a short term pinch at this point because at least for the next 2 years this is an industry which is shrinking in size right i mean even after the covid 19 thing is completely over i think people are not going to go out so easily like everyone is thinking twice before traveling anywhere like airlines i would say would be hit because you know if airlines operate at a lower capacity then it's already very difficult right to operate a airline business if you are an investor you need to make sure that the company that you invest in operates in an industry which is geared for growth and definitely and i think in the short term at least easy trip planners is operating because so much of the revenue comes from airlines right they would be severely impacted if anything goes wrong in the in this sector right crude oil prices airline shutting down you've seen jet airways already like shutting down i shop. think the airline industries or the major players most of them are on the ventilator situation what i call right now hmm. and they are on the mercy of government yeah. they are actually surviving just because the government is supporting them or will support them and government has to do it they have no other option hmm. so i think if we just focus on those things to so the com- the future of the company is not really very bleak also the factors are to be considered but then they are not the factors which will actually which could be a field. game changer yes mm. yes yeah that's true and you know the next logical question is if the industry is not growing then how is the company going to gain market share so we like to cover the competition that a company faces so how is the industry structured and who are the major players in this online travel market uh, so i think so that uh, the major competitors would be make my trip yatra and clear trip these are the three names i can think of right now and if you look at the numbers i should say are they more impressive rather it's the only profitable company in the entire sector so they have the the bottom line is good so they have net profit margin of around 24% the repeat transaction rate of around 86% and return on equity has been 40% for financial year 20 and the return on capital employed has been around 60% where in make my trip and yatra are having negative numbers hmm like from a financials point of view the company is pretty like it's in a very bright yes. spot yes yes numbers are good numbers speaks volumes i think that could be basically because of the operational efficiency the company has mm-hmm. the costs are way lower as compared to the competitors because they just have 480 employees whereas make my trip has around 4000 so make my trip has 10 times the amount of employees that this company has and most of their heavy lifting is being done by the agents like they are the ones who are spreading the word of mouth obviously the b2c segment is where they derive most of their revenues from but i think it's very impressive like it's a company that we've not heard of and it's making a profit that's a very good thing obviously it helps when you want to sell your company and when you want to raise money for an ipo then being profitable helps you and i think that's one of the reasons why these other competitors are not bringing an ipo in india at this point i think make my make my trip is listed in the us stock exchange but it's it's not yes. listed in india yeah i think it's the first one just being getting listed on the 
on an Indian stock exchange. Yeah, and when I was doing my research, so some statistics that I want to bring forward is that Easy Planners have a four point six percent market share in terms of gross booking revenues. In contrast, Make My Trip has a fifty percent market share. Like every two tickets that are being sold, one of them is being sold by Make My Trip. You know, the company occupies a big space in this sector and still not profitable. Uh, Yatra has a nine point five percent market share. So this is the third largest player. And like you have to ask this question: Why is Easy Trip Planners behind? Like, why is it so behind? Like, my, Make My Trip has a fifty percent market share, and it has only a four point six percent market share. So, Make My Trip is around ten times bigger than this, right? So that then I think because they have folded into other sectors as well. So you have consumer base from those sectors, and then I think all these services come as a package. If a person is booking hotel through one site, so he would prefer booking it through the air tickets to the same site. So I think the major setback for easy trip planners is their concentration on just one of the segments. Yeah, because like you mentioned, right, ninety-four percent of its revenues are from airline ticketing. Whereas yes. if you see, like, Make My Trip has been acquiring companies in the hotel segment. Like in two thousand seventeen, they gained a major stronghold from the acquisition of. The IBBO group. IBBO yeah, is a big yeah. name in the hotel booking segment, and I think they also gained a major foothold in the online bus booking uh, business through Redbus, which was also a part of the IBBO deal. So, you know, companies like Make My Trip and Yatra have been on an acquisition spree, whereas Easy Planners has not really been spending any money. Right? They are just conserving that money and they are using that money to build its airline business. So. Don't you think? I don't know how relevant it is right now, but don't you think that Easy Trip Planners has a very old school vibe to it, like those yeah. businesses and MMT and Yatra? They have been majorly like startups. Definitely, definitely. It's I think it's a classic example of old school versus new school. Which investing style wins is something we'll get to know in the next. I think two three years it'll be very clear if Easy Trip Planner can actually execute this on a year on year basis. but i think that's obviously that's the reason right it's not acquiring new companies it's not venturing into new segments at least even if it's venturing into new segments it's not splashing cash it's not burning yes. through cash so yes i think that has been my major problem with startups they are growing but just by burning investors cash i think they are not that fundamentally strong and that yeah. you have seen how these startups have been suffering I I do feel that we live in a world where no one really cares about fundamentals anymore right because everyone's talking about the growth the sales how quickly you can grow your target audience and so one one important question that you know I was thinking is why are these players targeting hotel bookings right I mean make my trip had acquired ibbo then you have yatra which acquired companies like travel guru magic rooms buzz in town you know they want to increase their exposure in the hotel booking business i think one of the reasons is because hotel segment is a very underpenetrated one it's more unorganized and very few organized players control it and i think that's where make my trip and yatra see a potential to disrupt this segment and they feel that you know the next wave of growth is going to happen in the hotel segment and if it does i think easy planners they'll look back at this moment and they'll feel that you know they should have pursued this segment like if tomorrow 5 years down the line hotel segment becomes you know grows at a breakneck speed then the ceo i mean the partners at easy trip planners they have to go back to the drawing board and think of you know what went wrong for them 
from a competition point of view i do feel that it really lags behind because they are very conservative and it can bite them you you know if these companies can tap into the growth make my trip yatra then easy planners will be left behind and you know they'll just be left in the airline market which is shrinking so i think for me to siddharth uh, there are only two factors which i think i'm concerned about first their dependence on the airlines and second the competition like you have mentioned so well that competition is a big thing here and a report was doing rounds just few days back that flipkart is buying a stake in player trip and when a player like flipkart is entering the industry so i think that could increase the competitions in many folds now it actually depends how they cope up with it how they actually retain their share in the industry because it's not a lot right only a 4.6% market share and if other companies start to like bite the that market share away from them then you know they will have nothing to show for it we are talking about the numbers and the profitability but there is a possibility that you know two or three years down the line flipkart is entering in this segment clear trip can start getting that market share away from players like make my trip yatra just look at it like that that mmt already has 50% of the share so they have quite a strong hold mm. and then a player like flipkart enters they bring the adequate resources and adequate manpower and the enormous consumer base they have to actually capture a substantial share in the industry and think if amazon so think, comes in like if flipkart is entering so in the market like ipos acquisitions are also like a frenzy so if one starts they everybody follows so yeah. yes i mean it could happen i mean uh, amazon if flipkart comes into it amazon could then feel okay i want to bounce in this segment then if amazon or flipkart are there then reliance mukesh ambani he also <laughs> i mean there's a big possibility that mr ambani has to be everywhere he is he's omnipresent it is completely possible things like these are not a far cry so it will be very interesting to see what the implications yes, are going forward and i think the biggest risk is the concentration of being in just one industry that is the biggest risk that the company has and because they're just in one industry and that industry is literally in the dumps right now i think the next few years are going to be a big challenge for the company to be able to maintain that operational efficiency and that level of profitability as well and it will be interesting to see how they navigate through these tricky waters and you know i i want to focus more on the company's positive side now so we've spoken about some risks that the company has i think by now our audience would have made up their mind of not subscribing i'm telling you <laughs> because we have said so much against the company i think maybe directly indirectly but we have said so much so i think it's better that we focus on the positive side now definitely i mean there are positives and negatives we like to look at the bad side first and then we go on to the good sides yeah that's how it is and uh, what do you think like what, what i you... i must say that you are a true chartered accountant completely <laughs> following the principle of conservatism losses should be accounted and profits should be ignored because see my problem with ipos are that you know why would a promoter sell his company if he is yes i think yes you know, why would he sell a company unless there was something otherwise they won't sell right if the company was in pure condition and you know everything was going good then no one would sell the company because because they want to make money they want to use the situation to their advantage they are coming out with the ipo and honestly i do feel even if the company is making a profit because it's so highly concentrated in just one sector it's going to bite them i mean next few quarters obviously you have to see how it goes but anyways like coming to the positive sides 
what what are some things that you feel are really going good for the company so i think uh, they follow a very differentiated model one thing which separates them from uh, the competitors is that they charge zero convenience fee from the customers and we have been saying a lot about the concentration on airlines but yes going by the prospectus company has plans to diversify i don't know how much of them will actually materialize but yes they do have plans to diversify and they are planning to expand into different territories now and there has been consistent growth the numbers uh, they have been profitable since year 1 the growth has been consistent they are very much focused on the technology they have in house technology team and the operational cost are lower as compared to the competitors and thereby resulting in higher operating margins yeah i mean this is a big fact that having just a 4.6% market share it is able to make a profit so what this basically means is if if the company is able to grow the market share if say 3 years down the line it has a 10% market share that means that they will just double their profit true i mean all other things remaining constant obviously operational costs will also go up but they are a company which is very well positioned in in terms of operational cost they have the lowest marketing cost throughout the industry i would say uh, that's why we don't know about the company because they don't spend money on marketing uh, but then i think i think they should they yeah. genuinely need spending on marketing they need to develop that excitement for the brand yes like bringing out an ipo is not a substitute for marketing and on the positive side you know we like a company which makes a profit and it definitely helps when you are bringing out an ipo and you know what's interesting here is that even make my trip is actually making a profit in the airline segment you know because they have been involved heavily in acquisitions of the hotel players like ibbo and you know other acquisitions they are making a loss on a consolidated level but make my trip is actually profitable in the airline segment so easy planner okay. is not the only player which is making profits in the airline segment make my trip is also profitable okay. and i think one of the facts that's really interesting and really good for the company is that the company is owned by just the promoters like 100% shareholding is in house and no other person okay. has any other stake right so that helps you make better decisions it helps you make quicker decisions and that's why they're so operationally efficient right because yes i think uh, it says a lot about the governance as well yeah a old school company like you mentioned right it's run by just three people who make who call the shots obviously there are managers below them who will be carrying out the field work and everything but it's a very tightly run ship and so talking about diversification they are also trying to diversify in the hotels booking business they've not been successful in this i mean from the past 7 years they have been trying to gain market share in this segment but like i think it, that is majorly because of the dominance of mmt see for mmt the likes of alia but and ranveer singh are selling and telling <laughs> mmt karo mmt karo so i think uh, yes i think that's because of the dominance of mmt in the sector and i do believe They that genuinely need some breakthrough yeah i mean if the company wants to have a sustainable business model they have to take some sort of aggressive decision because otherwise you know other companies like competition will never stop because i i think there is no barrier to entry right in this segment anyone can start a company in the airline ticketing market there is no barrier to entry and they don't really have a known brand people don't know about ease my trip they have to spend money on growing their other segments that's very important and you know one more thing that i forgot to mention was that 
MMT has actually filed an infringement suit on the company, alleging that they are using their logo in a way which is very similar to MMT. So their trademark and logo is called Ease My Trip, and I okay. I think it's very easy okay. to understand right. why Make My Trip has filed a suit here because Ease My Trip and Make My Trip they sort of sound the same. Yeah. If anything adverse happens on this front, I would say the brand would be substantially impacted. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're an investor for the long term, this is also something that you need to keep in mind. So I think we have covered a lot of points about the negative sides of the business and the positives. The positives have been very few because we like to focus on the red flags of the company. And yes, I think that is what is relevant over here. We are not here to sing Gaga about "Is my trip." I think what our audience wants to know and what is relevant is the red flags. Yeah, because if you want to know about the good side of the business, you can always read a broker report, right? They'll they yes, they know yes. how to sell the company. So yes. <laughs> I think we observed that in Amtar case, it was being sold as a defense company, whereby not even ten percent of the revenue was from defense. So yes. yeah, that's using exploiting the ignorance of the retail investors, right? Because yes, that's how they sell the company. Uh, anyways, but don't worry, Siddharth. We are here for them now. <laughs> definitely, definitely. If if you if you want to know about the red flags of any company, you can listen to our IPO show. We will we talk more about the red flags than the good side. So yeah, that's what this show is about. And uh, you know, moving on to the next parameter, which is financials. This is probably where the company really scores well, right? Yeah, definitely. I think this is one area where I would give a ten on ten to the company. I mean, they have the lowest operating cost in the industry. They have hardly spent any money on marketing and sales promotion. We've already talked about that. They have got close to fifty-nine thousand agents who do the dirty work, who spread the word of the company, and uh, yes. just four eighty employees. So, I mean, they're not spending very, very asset-like. Yes, they're not very... spending much on the fixed costs. And even after all of that, they were able to grow their gross booking revenue by around forty-three. Percent year on year, and the revenues have grown by eighteen percent year on year. The profits have grown. Their return on equity is around forty percent, which is again very solid. I mean, you won't find companies out there which can you know boast a forty percent return on equity, which is basically saying that I put hundred rupees today and I'm getting forty rupees back in just one year, which is awesome. So I think from a financials point of view, it really passes with flying colors. I think just one concern of mine would be: Can they execute this on a consistent basis, right? Because the industry is shrinking, and they don't seem to be getting any like you know the market share is not growing at a very breakneck speed. So you need to keep tabs on the company. You need to be following the quarterly results. But from a financials point of view, I think this is a great company. Yes, even I think Sudhar. I think they've mentioned a lot, and apart from that, I think the valuations are. Quite high with mm-hmm. a price to book ratio of around fifteen x and PE of around sixty times. I think the share is very aggressively priced. But apart from that, I think the company is doing fundamentally very well. The fundamentals are very very strong. The numbers, the history says a lot about the promoters and their skills for the business. So I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned about the valuation of the company, this is also one parameter that we like to cover. So. the company is very expensive even if it's fundamentally good i don't think that a pe of 60 times is justified 
especially for a online travel agent because the margins are not that high right and if you want to scale up then you have to invest money and that's not and that too with such market share i think this is one area where they have not been very conservative yeah the pe is very high and i mean we can estimate that the company is not going to post stellar numbers for at least the next few quarters because the industry is shrinking right and they're not really able to capture the hotel bookings market so the growth is very limited they might be able to maintain their position they might be able to maintain that level of profit but to justify a 60 times pe they have to basically double or triple their profits every every year and that's not happening that's something yeah absolutely i, I don't think that's going to happen because it's a you know airline ticketing is a low margins business there's intense competition make my trip yatra they have a lot of market share although they have achieved operational efficiencies although you know the promoters are running this company in a very good way they are amazing capital allocators of money i would say but i think you know just this pe is not justified and this is just the issue price i mean what happens when on the day of listing this company goes up by 50 or 60% then this pe ratio will be even more insane if you are a investor long term investor this is very important i mean you need to take a look at the valuation of the company before you get into it and uh, what what do you think about I the think, yes, what do you think about the listing gains on this company oh so that i have always believed that listing gains are majorly dependent on the market sentiment and the performance of the last ipo i don't know how correct i am but i this is one thing i have observed so going by the market sentiment i think they are going to get good listing gains i think the listing gains is somewhere around uh, 70 to 80% uh, no no wonder that the retail segment is oversubscribed by 32 times everyone wants to get a piece of the company obviously not a lot of people care about the fundamentals they just want to get allotment and they will sell on the first day so from a grey market premiums perspective i would say like if you want to make money on the first day apply for this ipo but from the long term i think wait for a few quarters see if the company can still maintain that level of profitability and then if you feel that you know it's able to grow its market share and also gain a foothold in the hotel bookings market probably then you can think of buying the company but for now i would say keep it in your watch list apply for the ipo if you want to for the listing gains what do you think mega what is your recommendation for the company even i believe that company is going to get some good listing gains and for the long term i believe i think this is the point where fundamentals come into the picture that how the company has been performing in the past the promoters or the business model where all these factors are to be considered and i think the in those areas the company is performing really well but the major concern here is competition mm. so i think i would genuinely recommend that one should invest one should subscribe go for the listing gains but then i think i think i would recommend buying on dips after that to actually wait for 7 8 months hmm. see how the industry is actually turning out because the company is good i think the company is genuinely worth investing and if the company fares well i think the company is worth investing in the long term also definitely so megha uh, it was a pleasure having you and i really hope that you know we can have more sessions together same to that i think now we now it's now we are team and yes it, it's definitely going to happen yes all right amazing and that does it for today's edition of bazaar 
people on the show may have certain recommendations to buy or sell but don't buy or sell based on what you hear we are not investment advisors we do not advise people to buy or sell companies and also do reach out to us let us know what you think of the show you can you know have any topic suggestions any any industry that you want us to cover any any particular company that you want our take on you can just hit us up so do reach out let us know what you think we'll see you next week